0: good morning we are back for another sunday and uh, we have already started this new series in genesis so if you have your bibles you can turn to genesis chapter one i want to remind you that peyton and i starting this series we're going to what you're going to see here is going to be higher application and we've also started a new podcast and if you would like to go and get additional information about Genesis and these texts that we're going to be going to, you can go to thebiblepeal.com. And when you get there, you can, you can look for uh, the texts for, for the Sunday we're doing. Or wherever you get your podcast, maybe it's Spotify, maybe it's Apple, or whatever it may be, iTunes. And if you will just go in and search for the Bible Pill, you can find us there as well. So Genesis chapter 1 is this creation story, and the creation story is more than just about the introduction to Genesis. It is the very foundation of all Scripture. It is the introduction to God, the introduction of God as creator of all things, It's easy for us to to fall into the habit of trying to make sense of the Bible based on our own terms. But really, what we're supposed to do is to go to the Bible and to seek God and to seek Him on His terms. God is the main character in Scripture. He is the object of the very first verb that we find in, in the Bible. This God is not dependent upon the land or its inhabitants, they are dependent upon God. The book begins this way. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. A distinction is being made between this God who creates all things and all other gods of the world In fact, if you look in other passages, it goes back to this very verse to to make that distinction. Such as in Jeremiah chapter 10, 11. Say to them, the gods who did not make the heavens and the earth shall perish from the earth and from under the heavens. Psalm 96 and verse 5. For all the gods of the people are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. God alone is eternal, and all creation owes its existence to him. And as we continue through the creation story, it's telling us something about our God from the very beginning. And that is, God brings order out of chaos. If we look at our world right now, I mean, is there anything that you can think of that reminds you of chaos or of darkness or maybe something that feels like it's meaningless. Let's look at the, the COVID-19. We were told from the very beginning that hundreds of people, thousands of people were going to die from this virus, and they have. And, and, and yet we, we see that there's, there's nothing darker than, than death. And what about the chaos? I mean, it's like the experts can't ever agree. One expert comes out and says, this is what we must do. And then another expert comes out the next day and they say, no, you don't do that. You do the right, the opposite. And of course, then there's the protest. We've almost forgotten about these protests. People protesting their governments, their state governments, and protesting on the state houses and, and, and demanding that they open up the government, open up the state. And when we speak of protest, of course, we're thinking about even the protests that are going on right now, and the chaos, and because of a senseless death of a man who was killed after a law enforcement officer put his knee on a man's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds. That was just really the tip of the iceberg. Because there were many other things that have been coming out over the last few months. It's just seemed like one after the other, including one that was killed not by a a police officer, but by two men who chased this man, Ahmad Arbery, and chased him down. And they're two racist men. If you read the case itself, you'll see this. And they shot him, an unarmed man in cold blood. Systematic racism is not anything new to our world. And I'm not say, making this statement to say, you know, all law enforcement officers are evil, and I'm not making a statement to say protesters and uh, are all evil because you know there's those who go out and they riot and they create havoc and even and even harm to others. It's simply to look at our world right now and say we are in chaos. It's filled with evil and darkness. Genesis one and two is much more than the origin of humanity. God makes the world a livable and enjoyable place. And really, verse 2 of the Bible tells us everything that we need to know to understand this aspect. It says in Genesis 1:2: "...the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters." The writer describes a world that is without form and void. It's desolate. It's an empty place. It's a word that's often used to describe the desert. And then he describes it as the deep, which is talking about the subterranean chaotic waters. And it's all under this cover of darkness. And you may say, well, that doesn't even make sense. I mean, how can it be a desert place and it also be a place that's, that's filled with water? It's not a mistake. In fact, the author is trying to tell us something about the nature of our world. Our world is chaotic. It is uninhabitable. It can, have, it can be a place without meaning. In the mind of the ancients, this is not the kind of places that you would build a house and live These are dangerous places. But there were places that the ancients who would have read this would have said that there are places that they would build a house and raise a family and be able to enjoy the good earth. And so we're asked, and the ancients were to ask, then who made it? Who is it that's hovering over the darkness and the chaos? It is the Spirit of God. God. Chaos is not out of God's control. Even though it is still a part of our world, God wants to create for us a space where life can flourish. And this is done by God's Spirit, by His Word. In fact, the word Spirit here, we have three English words that they use for only one Hebrew word. It's a word that means breath, wind, and spirit. Spirit. If you if you put your hand in front of your mouth, I would encourage you to do this with me this morning. And I want you to just kind of say the couple of words with me and tell me what you if you feel anything, say breath. Or say power. And you can feel the the wind from the breath. When God creates, he creates with his spirit, he creates with his breath. And in Genesis 1-3, he simply says, And God says. He speaks. And over and over throughout the creation account, And God says. The creation story is how God shaped and ordered the world from a state of chaos and made it into the good land. It, it, It was meant to teach the ancients and us about God. A God who can... Transform that which is chaotic and meaningless and give it to that which is something that is good. After speaking of being broken in this world and, and how we as humanity, we, we get worn down by the ways of this life. It's Paul who came back and he said, all things work together for good to those who love, uh, to all those who are called according to his purpose. God's breath pushes out the darkness and brings forth the light. It sounds very familiar to our introduction to the Son of God, Jesus, by the gospel writer John. And John says of Jesus, all things were made through him and without him nothing was made. This is creation In Him was life, and life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness. Listen to this. And the darkness has not overcome it. Jesus is the light that is dawning over the dark world. He is our salvation, our spiritual awakening, the ultimate light of humanity. Jesus broke through the darkness of our world by His death on the cross. God's Word, enlightened by the Holy Spirit, guides us and leads us in this dark world. When we walk with God, we are walking in His light. The darkness surrounds us. Even those who are trying to do what is right, they'll be surrounded by darkness. Those who protest violence and oppression... They can be surrounded by those who are creating havoc and chaos, law enforcement officers who swear an oath to protect those who are victims, the innocent. They can be surrounded by those who abuse their power. And yet we continue to drudge through the darkness to shine God's light in these moments. I've watched as protesters have stopped rioters, stopped someone from trying to hurt uh, another law enforcement officer. I've watched as law enforcement officers have knelt and, and they've grieved with the African-American community and, and, and showing that they care for them and they love them. I've watched Christians pray with, uh, with each other and to pray with others. The light of Christ shines amidst these conversations that are going on with what's happening in our world. And and it's God's spirit that continues through God's people. And it continues to create that which is good, the light in the darkness through our speech, which is filled with love and peace and patience and goodness and kindness. That is not about being silent not wanting to stir any waters just kind of staying out of the way but rather standing with the oppressed standing with those who grieve without having to try to defend ourselves our world needs god's light god's breath ordered into chaos uh, breath ordered into chaos by separating the chaotic waters overwhelming the land. He first does so by um, creating an an expanse, a a dome, as it were, uh, of the earth to hold the waters above. And then by bringing up the dry land of the waters, the Creator harnessed the great sea for humanity. He sets their limits and He keeps their places. God furnishes the land with plants and fruit trees The dark waters presented a barrier for humanity's enjoyment of that which is good. It must be divided. Can you think of another time in Scripture where the waters had to be divided so that God's people could come and enjoy the good land? And this goes much further than the the parting of the Red Sea and even the parting of the Jordan River. It even extends all the way to our own baptism. Symbolized in the passing through of the dark waters and how God's Spirit came and He brings new life into us. I mean, we look at Jesus' baptism and everything about Jesus' baptism shows that He's passing through the waters. And what is it that is hovering there over the waters at Jesus' baptism? It is the Spirit of God. And then we see that God speaks he speaks, this is my beloved Son. We come through the waters and rise up in a newness of life. The old has been put away and we have become new creations. And even in our times when we are feeling overwhelmed by the chaos and the darkness of our world, the Spirit is here and is hovering over our hearts. Interceding for us and bringing us through the chaos. For many, it feels like our country is drowning. I get it. I've heard many Christians even speak in a way that we're in a hopeless situation. What is going to happen in our world? It seems to be getting worse. What if economically everything fails? What if a much greater virus breaks out and millions of people uh, die around the world? What if race relations get worse? What if my family is the next one that is being oppressed? What if Christians are the ones who will be persecuted next? These are heavy questions on the minds of people who live in a chaotic world. What does Genesis tell us? Tells us that God's Spirit is with us to bring us through the madness. In the first three days, God is creating and He is preparing environments. You look at the balanced literary design of Genesis chapter 1. Day 1, God separates the light from the darkness. But then what happens on day 4? That is the sun, the moon, and the stars, that which makes up that light. We see on the second day, God uh, makes this expanse and He separates the waters uh, from above. And then on the fifth day, God creates those creatures who live in those areas from the fish of the sea and the fowl of the air. On the, the third day, God creates the land. He brings the land up from the waters. And then on the sixth day, God creates those creatures and humans who live on the land. The first three days, uh, the Creator takes what is unformed, what is formless and void, and He forms it. And the last three days, He fills that which had not been filled, that which had been inhabitable. We live in a world that was created by a beautiful mind. The creation narrative is about hope. It is about, even though chaos still reigns in our world, that God has not forgotten us. And he continues to hover over our world to bring us through the waters and through the desert to a place of life and joy and meaning. The church is meant to be a space that was given to us and created by Jesus himself that despite all the darkness that surrounds our building this morning, that we're here together and in this space that we worship our God, we worship our creator. It should be a place that is filled with love and compassion and care for one another. A theme emerges for the remainder of the Bible and that is God's blessing is symbolized in order and that God's judgment will be symbolized in chaos this will really become important later on, especially when we get to the fall and even to the flood. Throughout this narrative, God calls his work good. That means for the benefit, beneficial for humanity. God is depicted as the one who knows what is good for us as our creator. And he is intent on giving us that which is good. This sets us up that we must trust God to know what is good, even when the darkness and the chaos around us is trying to tell us that it's something that is different. The creation narrative gets us through the meaningless, chaotic, dark days of our world, and it points us to a place of hope. At the end of the Bible, we're we are have this judgment scene and it is described in Revelation 20 and verse 11 as a day when the earth and the sky flees and only the waters remain. Those in the book of, of life, we don't have any fear of the chaotic waters as God will once again control the waters and he commands them to give up the dead. Death and Hades is the ultimate symbol of darkness. And then it says creation breaks out again in John 20, uh, Revelation 21 and verse 1. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. A new and final creation superior to the first. And notice he says that the sea, the symbol of chaos, it will be no more. Jesus, our savior, our Messiah comes down and he, he dwells with us in new creation. And we notice that those tears that we've shed and many of us have shed over the last week or two, he says, all tears will be wiped away. All pain will be gone. We will, we will those will be no more because darkness now has been abolished according to Revelation 22 and verse five. So what I'm saying to you today is simply this, hold on, trust God, for his spirit continues to create in us an environment where we can still in our world of chaos and darkness, a place of peace and wonder and the beauty of God. We just thank our God so much that he loved us and cared for us in this way. Jesus is coming.